From Susan G. Komen, this is Real Pink, a podcast exploring real stories, struggles, and triumphs related to breast cancer. We're taking the conversation from the doctor's office to your living room. This is Real Talk, a podcast conversation where we're digging deep into breast cancer and the realities patients and survivors face every day. We're talking openly and honestly about just how difficult breast cancer can be, from being diagnosed to selecting the right treatment plan to living day-to-day with metastatic breast cancer and living a life after treatment ends. In today's episode, we'll hear the personal stories of two women who had to make the decisions about their nipples because they both needed surgery to treat their breast cancer. Sarita Coleman opted for a surgical technique that spared her nipples in the surgical process. Karina Klein also chose nipple sparing surgery, but experienced complications and ultimately lost her nipples in a later surgery. She now has tattoos in place of where her nipples would be and has started a nonprofit organization that provides tattoos for breast cancer survivors who lose their nipples. Ladies, thank you for being here today to share your experiences and help listeners understand the choices you've had to make and how you've coped along the way. Uh, Sarita, let's start with your story, and then Karina, uh, we'd like to hear your story as well, and then I'll let you uh, have a discussion from there. Sounds good. Well, hi, I'm Sarita. I was diagnosed at 40. I had just turned 40, like, I was diagnosed a month after turning 40. I was like, welcome to 40. Can I get it? Yeah. Okay. Um, <laughs> so it was my mammogram that I went in for that actually caught it, but that was my third mammogram, you know, year after year. So I wasn't expecting anything. I'm like, okay, this is nothing. But when you get the call the next morning, it's something. So I was like, mm, what's going on? It was cancer. Um, I, I was diagnosed with invasive ductal carcinoma. I had two tumors. So one was stage one and one was stage two. So my doctor, I, when we had the discuss, discussion about my surgery, I was like, I'm okay doing a double mastectomy because if I'm going to have scars, I'd rather the scars to look alike. Not one looking, you know, like, it was, and then the other one like that. But he thought I would be against it until we did the biopsy and the scans and things like that. And he was like, "Miss Coleman, I think you're right. Because I said, if we do that, I didn't have big breasts. So I would pretty much have no breasts. So let's just go ahead and remove them both. So that's what I chose the nipple sparing. Now, for me and my situation, my doctors did offer that, like from jump. They were like, don't worry, this is an you know, option that we can do. Not saying that it will take its place, but that's the goal. That's what we're going to try to do. Well, it was successful. So I had the double mastectomy with expanders, then found out I did have to do chemo. So I did four rounds of chemo TC, and then I had 26 rounds of radiation. When you have radiation, you have to wait at least six months or plus before you can have reconstruction. Okay, but I pressed it in there because deductibles and stuff ended the year. And I was like, no, whatever you have, it, I, I need it. So I actually had surgery right um, before Thanksgiving in November of 2021. And I had the flap, the DIEP flap. Yeah. So did that and it was a success. And yeah, that's pretty much my story. <laughs> Oh my goodness. So um, I was also for, in my 40s. I was diagnosed at 
43, um, same as IDC, invasive doctoral carcinoma. Um, stage two, grade three was mine. I was triple positive. So um, I had to do chemo and then I did op as, as well for a double mastectomy. Um, and my first, at first I did choose nipple sparing because I mean, probably like you, or I don't know if it's well, we'll find out. Nice. Um, I wanted to feel as normal as possible. Correct. Um, so pretty much think of it as a shell. Like, you know, all the insides are gone, but the outside is there. Yes. Um, so that's why I chose, um, what I did, went through my surgery after chemo. Um, I ended up getting skin narcosis. My skin was dying. So they had to go in and they had to, like my nipples were dying. So the skin below it had to be removed along with my nipples. So I, I always, I joke and I say, you know, I went from a D to a Brazilian B because that's what happened. <laughs> <laughs> my whole, whole life I was congested and then I've got these, I'm like, what is this? Um, yes. But yeah. And then the expanders, which that was a process by itself. Yeah. Then expanders <laughs> were not nice. <laughs> Uh-uh. I was ready were... to get them out. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. And then the the needle that they used to fill was like this thing. I'm like, is that for me? <laughs> you know what? I woke up and mine were filled. Oh. I, did, I, I did not have to go back for any filling. So nice. I'm glad. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> My first one, I woke up, they, they were full of air or whatever they were. But then when they had to take most of my skin and, and put new expanders in, they were right. like, <laughs> they're kind of like a balloon empty like they were all like crinkly <laughs> oh it was, wow like, the weirdest it was so weird to look um right and then and then they had to slowly start expanding them just because the skin was like so little so mm -hmm. it was just like little fill at a time over a couple months just to, to get them get them ready for what they could put in for uh implants and then i had my uh reconstruction i did do implants and, um, and had that done. And then I had my tattoos done. Um, and because, um, my skin didn't stretch enough or it had to take, it was, took a long time for it to stretch properly. My shoulder, like my shoulders had froze. Um, I ended up going for my final reconstruction of May of this year or last year, 2023. Yep. So I had the temporary implants removed and new ones placed. So. Um, okay. And and now I feel now I feel great. I feel pretty normal ish now com compared like you know twenty twenty to twenty twenty three. Right. Three years. Who's counting? Yeah. And with my surgery, um, with my reconstruction, I'm still adjusting. Like I went to do I done Pilates recently and yoga, but I'm still not as comfortable as I was in my previous body because you know with the flap is taking the fat and making the breast. I love right. the breasts and stuff but I'm trying to get used to the abdomen part because it okay. feels different because it's still numb oh and when was when did you have your surgery I did it in 2021 wow okay yeah so it's still and your breast do you feel do you have sensation now or you still have no feeling Good question. And people ask me this all the time. I said if somebody else was touching them, maybe I would know the difference. And I haven't had anybody else touching but my doctor. <laughs> but right. um I don't know. Yeah. 
I have no feel. I had no feeling at all except for uh, the recently. I yeah, like the top, the top part. I can if I like mm-hmm. tap it. I'm like, oh, I can feel that. Yeah, like I feel more up under my arm than I think yeah. I do in my actual breast. Right. So like, yes, I have my nipples, but if you're talking to me and one just starts to pop up, that lets I have no feeling. Like now, my nipples they just get hard. You know, just randomly. Just by them, yeah, and you have no control yeah. over that. Yeah, correct. Yeah, um, yeah. It's, I was going to ask about what it's like having your nipple because obviously I didn't get to keep mine, so I don't know that, that difference because I only know like I'm flat. It's, the one thing before I got my tattoos is I didn't need to wear a bra with anything because you didn't Same. see anything through. <laughs> and then <laughs> now when I now that I have tattoos, if I wear a white shirt, I I do put something on but, but see that's what i said so before i mean i didn't pay attention it wasn't like that but like now it does it on its own and just randomly so like now i try to be more cognitive in mm. what i'm wearing and stuff like that because i don't want people to think that i'm you know <laughs> <laughs> so it's tricky <laughs> I know that's the one thing I don't miss. I'm just like, oh, yeah, you know, it could be cold outside, and you would not know. Exactly. Uh, I don't know with because you did your the flap the flap surgery. Do do your breasts are they cold all the time? Because mine are like ice cold, and I think it might be the implants. So that's probably why. Uh, it's so you'd be like, oh, brush your breast, and you're like, oh my god, yeah. it's freezing. So when I first went to see my plastic surgeon, and I made that note, I said, I do not want any implants. I just, I just didn't. He was like, you don't have to. And I was, he was like, but the procedure that we can do is going to be more intense, the recovery time and stuff. So I just mentally prepared myself for that because that was my only other option besides implants. Um, no, they feel normal. Now they are heavier for me because he took all my fat and made them and I didn't have much before. So I'm like still trying to adjust and people who know me, they, they don't want to offend me, but they like, Sarita, you got a little bit more going on than you did before. <laughs> Thank goodness for that. <laughs> but the expanders, that's what I can imagine the implants would be. Because like it when I, when I was called, the expanders were like rock hard. That's why I was ready to get them out. It's the weirdest feeling because it'd be like the dead of summer. And if you're, you just brush your arm, you're like, oh, well, I'm cold. But I guess mm-hmm. it's in built in air conditioning. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> or you try, you try and make the best of it, right? <laughs> yes, that's all we can do. That's right. Um, but your, your doctors, they, they gave you the, they went through the options, like with nipple sparing, did they go through the risks? Like, you know, there's a possibility. They did. You won't, yeah. Same with me. Um, and I still chose, and I think looking back, I would probably still choose. Absolutely. And I mean, why not? Yeah. Um, it's the, uh, the one thing that, I mean, but I did get nervous because I work in healthcare. So they was like, Serena, now if they preserve your nipples, it's not to say that they're going to actually be on your chest after your mastectomy they might reattach them somewhere and i'm like reattach them where it's like they can reattach them here here to you know preserve them but i don't know how that would have been for me mentally to know that my nipple is on my side <laughs> i was like I, I, 
<laughs> I don't know how I would have handled that. But thankfully, I didn't have to worry about that. Yeah, no, I've never heard. That's the first I've heard of yeah. that. Oh, my goodness. I don't think yeah. I would. Do I learned a lot. I learned a lot. That's, yeah, it's it's crazy. And now, like, probably you said you're at the gym and it feels differently. It's like this whole, it's like learning yourself all over again is my biggest thing. And every day is like something new. I'm like, what is this? Right. Are you on uh, meds? I am. I'm on letrozole. Oh, me too. Yeah. How yeah. you like it? <laughs> so first, I was on anestrozole, oh, and I, I I just couldn't. Anestrozole would like literally have my joints and my mu- muscles like I felt so heavy, and I I I had to have a talk with her, and I was like, this is just not working. So she said, let's try letrozole, and so I'm fine with the letrozole. Yeah, I've been on letrozole almost three years now, so I have two years left. I think that's the same. Well, between anestrozole and letrozole, it's been three, th- yeah. three years. Um, do you get Zomata? Mm-mm. A lot of women don't know about that. What is it? So I get Zomata. Zomata, I go every six months because I am on letrozole, and it's to help preserve your bones and your muscles. Oh, it's yeah. an infusion. I have to ask about that. I see my oncologist next month. Um, yes. They send. I go for a bone scan every two years, and my bones. Right. So my bones, my first scan were like oh, osteopenia, and then my second one, I don't know what I did, but they looked great. They said I'm all right. So, yeah, I'm like, oh, okay. it's like weird things. You're just like, um, <laughs> and then every <laughs> my oncologist, every time I see her, I'm just like, so um have they come up with anything new for us like you know to track later on or right. like because that's the one thing breast cancer when you're done you're done there's no follow-up it's like mm-hmm. you know what here you go take your pills and you're on your merry way and right like, oh. and that's the same thing i said like i mean we i don't get mammograms you don't get mammograms no so mm-hmm. what is the maintenance plan afterwards like yeah you see what I'm saying? That's that's the question I have yet to get an answer. Same. For. I don't think no. I don't think anybody has the answer for it. I think things change constantly, and I mean, I am thankful that I went through it in 2020 versus like 1980 because like medicine has come so far, but there's just so much that more that can be done. Um, like look at your surgeries, your sur- the surgery you did is like new. I know one girl that had it done and it was very successful. Um, it was, yeah, it's just, I think as we go, well, hopefully more things come along for us because. Absolutely. Wait, let's rewind right quick. How, how did you find your cancer? How, how did um, so I, I, mine was actually missed in my mammogram. It, um, I found it three months later in the shower. Um, not knowing it was cancer, the doctor, we didn't even think it was cancer. And then they biopsied and it turned out to be cancer. Um, so I was a huge proponent before anything, before cancer, like of self-awareness, knowing your body, just because you're the only one, your doctor doesn't even know your body like you. Um, so I've always been a very like, you know, this is, this doesn't feel right. This is, um, a huge, um, a huge advocate for myself because I'm like, you know what? No, yeah, nobody's going to do it for you. Um, so that's how they found mine. Um, okay. 
because with me being diagnosed in the midst of COVID, I was 2020, yep. I, they kept trying to say I had COVID. And I'm like, I do not have COVID. I took multiple tests and everything. Like it was, excuse me, it was negative. And they kept saying this. So I just said I was okay so I could go back to work. Well, then my mammogram came and my surgeon said we he believes that was the beginning of the tumor starting to grow. Mm-hmm. Because I just felt like a blockage because I'm an asthmatic, but I kept feeling like it was some pressure. That's mm-hmm. what I kept feeling because every feeling physically wise was okay. But internally, it was like a blockage or something. And it was the beginning of the tumor. Wow. That's yeah. Crazy. So if I didn't keep saying this is not COVID, who knows how long it would have went. So that's the importance of knowing your body. Exactly. That's the big thing. I mean, even though I'm a breast cancer, we're breast cancer survivors, I'm always pushing, even my girlfriends, I'm just like, you know what? Did you do right. your self exam this month? Mm-hmm. Did you do this? Have you gone for your mammogram? Have you like, you know, right. They're like, you sound like a broken record. I'm like, yeah, well, one in eight. And don't forget. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Um, so it's, it's, you know, Yes. Nobody wants nobody wants cancer, but some of us have to. Absolutely. So. We have to have it to spread awareness, right. unfortunately. Absolutely. And you know, there's medicine for a reason, I guess. But Correct. that's my biggest thing. I'm like, thank goodness yes. for it. Oy, oy, oy. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I guess the last thing would be like, um, what what have you learned about yourself and your relationship with your body? through your breast cancer experience? To pay more attention. That's a good one. For me to pay more attention, because I mean, I of course I empathize and have compassion for women who don't have their nipples. But and even with the chemo, losing the hair and stuff, that all didn't really bother me. It sounds funny. What bothered me was losing my nails. I, t- I, t- I was not prepared for that. I lost my nails, my fingernails and my toenails. But everything else, I was like, oh, man, okay. But for me to pay more attention to my body, because I used to just shower, get dressed, lotion. I really didn't, you know, but now I have to. But I also have things going on that makes me <laughs> have to pay attention. It just doesn't exactly. feel the same. Exactly. Like there is, it's, the, it's the new normal that we have to adapt. Correct. To, and that's the, the thing. Like you can't go back. And I think right. that was the biggest thing um that I learned or or taught myself was like, you know, I kept saying, Oh, you know, I'm gonna get back into like a pair of jeans or I'm gonna get back into and I'm like, you know what? Throw those away and just focus on the new you and fall in love with that. Like 'cause that, Yes, I love that. I had it's like saying goodbye to yourself. It's kinda like having a funeral. I I don't Correct. I You're right. that's the only way. It's mm-hmm. saying goodbye and leaving it like that and then right embracing the new you and what comes with it like correct i mean so much so much has changed in my three years and i'm sure with you so it's, yes it's just it's just how you go about doing that and that's absolutely that's the takeaway and live life to the absolute <laughs> fullest and yes and do not take anything for granted because i absolutely do. don't sweat the and small stuff exactly that's me i mean let me yes. know because before i used to go off the handle <laughs> on anything i'm like no nope. i'm like I, now I'm, I'm like <laughs> okay 
just live it up, live it and just love. And then, you know, put love out there and, and positivity and healing thoughts. Like, you know, yeah. believe me, I can, I, I have negative thoughts too. I'm not like a hundred percent poly positive, positive here because like, you know, there's days where I'm like angry and it's okay to be angry, but you know what? You get angry and you move on and right. you just think, think of all the good things in your life that, you know, the, right. the people that I've met along my journey, the people that, mm-hmm. um, so that I've said goodbye to that were like toxic in my life. And it's just absolutely. Like, oh. That was me. So, I had to clean house because it's yeah. me or you. I'm sorry. I'm always going to pick me. I'm sorry. Yep. Absolutely. Just appreciate things just a little bit more every day. That's, that's yes. the, the key. Hmm. Absolutely. Well, uh, <clears throat> ladies, this has been a, a really good uh, conversation. I appreciate you being you're very real. Uh, I was going to ask you as a final question, any final advice you have, but you've already covered that, uh, which has been pretty great at the end. I love, love hearing that. So instead, I'm going to ask you this. Um, as you've gone through this journey that a lot of people you know, just struggle to understand, um, what is one thing that has helped you through it? It doesn't have to be the main thing, but what's one thing that's helped you through this journey? For me, I would say self-love, mm-hmm. however you want to say self-love or self-care. Again, choose you. Like, you have to because at the beginning, end of the day, all you have is you. So yeah. if you have to tell somebody no because you're not feeling it, because a lot of people don't understand, we have a new lifestyle. Some things we used to be able to do, we just can't today. Like, mm-hmm. whether if it's right. physically, mentally, or emotionally, I can't pour into you that way today because I have to pour into me. It's mm, great advice. I 100% agree. 100% agree. And me, my big, my, my kids, my, I, everything I did was just with them in the back of my mind being like, yes. you know what? I want to be here to see my first grandchild. I want to be right. here for this. So I will do whatever it takes to be here for my kids and my husband because absolutely, uh, they are my life. Um, they are Thanks. the reason I fight every day and the reason I get up. So it's great. I agree. It's such, such good uh, advice again and, uh, and such a good thing to get you through everything. Uh, so thank you so much for, for sharing your stories with us today. Thank you for joining us on the show today. Thank you. Thanks for the opportunity. Thanks for listening to Real Pink, a weekly podcast by Susan G. Komen. For more episodes, visit realpink.komen.org. And for more on breast cancer, visit komen.org. Make sure to check out at Susan G. Komen on social media. I'm your host, Adam. You can find me on Twitter at AJ Walker or on my blog, adamjwalker.com.